everybody. Welcome to the City Girls Pod. And this is a show where we are talking about sex in the city. We talked about it in just like that. And now we're going back and talking about the previous episodes of Sex in the City. And we are finishing up season one. I can't even believe it. And I'm going to Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Yay. And we're celebrating next week by hanging out with each other in person. <laughs> Can you believe it that we're finished season one? I feel like we flew through this. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I really do. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm very happy to be on this journey with you, my Charlotte. <laughs> yes. This has been so much fun and very like, I don't know. I found it very empowering because I feel like people have me in this sort of box of that. uh, Like, yes, I try to have, I have a certain standards and things like that, but people, I think, think of me as more precious than I am, you know, that as long as it's good stories, I, I, I'm, I can handle some content. Uh, and you've been handling the content (laughs) because they've been bringing it for us. That's right. Uh, well, all right. So we're going to talk about episodes 11 and 12 of season one today. And it starts out with the drought. <laughs> and this is basically kind of talking about uh, how long is too long to go without having sex with your partner. Uh, and, uh, what's going on and also sort of Carrie and Big's relationship comes to a uh, new space <laughs> new relationship this is one is going to be crazy to talk about but that was the classiest way you put that I am red so actually to be honest with you Rachel I think I'm more embarrassed talking about flatulence than I am talking about sex. I am red thinking about (laughs) Carrie in that moment. This episode was so cringe for me, but in a great way. I thought it was really well done, but I'm actively so embarrassed for her. Yeah. My grandma would be horrified. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So basically they and things have been going great between Carrie and Big. And then one night she farts in bed and it causes major problems. And to, in Big's defense, he has a sense of humor about it. He he has a whoopee cushion joke and um, he doesn't seem to think it's as big a deal as Carrie does. Carrie's mortified. <laughs> um, I do have to say... For me, this is the my favorite episode where I am the most in love with Big because mm-hmm. I think he does handle it really well. I think he's funny. I think the whoopee cushion's funny. I actually think when he puts down the whoopee cushion, the moment they have after that is some of the peak Big and Carrie chemistry that we've seen. I'm just so actively embarrassed for her because I would I would just want to shrivel up like the way she she throws the blanket over herself and like tries to get out. I just thought was, I could relate to very much. Yeah. It was really funny. Uh, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of, uh, if you've ever seen American Sweethearts, the movie American Sweethearts. Wait, who's in it? Cause I feel like, Catherine, yeah. Cause Catherine Jones, Julia Roberts, uh, Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah. Like when it first came out though. Yeah. Yeah. John Cusack. 
And I just remember a scene in that movie where they've John Cusack and Julia Roberts have spent the night together and a, in the morning, their breath is terrible. Yes. And they're like, they're doing with these covers and they're, yeah. And they're like, we got to go brush our teeth. And I feel like you never see that in like a rom-com. You never see those kind of moments very often where it's like, yeah, people are people. (laughs) We have all sorts of things going on. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, So big doesn't, uh, call her for, uh, well, actually first they are together, but then, but not having sex three times in a row is concerned. And we also find out that at least at this time, there were 1.3 million single men in New York and 1.8 single women. So (laughs) if you're wanting to date the opposite, if you're a woman (laughs) wanting to date a man. So you getting engaged, Jax, you beat the odds. (laughs) 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 Uh, But yeah. I tricked them. I yeah. tricked them and here we are. One of these days we should get him to react to one of these episodes. That would be Oh, fun. I think he would love it. Yeah. He always he always listens and is interested in what we're talking about. Oh good. <laughs> my other my my family never I mean my family would never listen to anything of sex in the city, but uh yeah, they don't listen to the podcast at all. Which oh yeah, funny. yeah. I don't think any of my family members, yeah. like besides Alex listening, no one's listening to me talk yeah. about Sex in the City. That's true love. If somebody yeah. will actually <laughs> listen to your podcast, I think so. But uh, but anyway, it says she's, they say men don't like women to be human. We aren't supposed to fart, douche, use tampons, or have hair in places we shouldn't. And I feel like that's probably especially true at the beginning. I mean, if you are in an actual relationship with somebody, then, I mean, you better expect, but it reminds me of when I was in high school, we would play you know, like truth or dare games like that. And we thought it was the funniest thing. My friends and I to make the dare, if someone did a dare to make the guys go and buy tampons, we thought that was so funny. <laughs> and now I'm just it? like, what was the big it? deal? <laughs> But yeah, that that was that was uproarious. It was hilarious. Did they have follow through? Did they? Did oh, they yeah. actually? Good for them. Yeah, no, they did, and uh, and uh, we thought it was just hilarious. So there's still some of that. that you guys were thinking like that. We had dumb dares. Ours weren't even like that's a good dare in my opinion. Yeah, well, most people don't pick dares, but I, I, it, it was a tough thing because I never had anything interesting to say for truth. Like I have nothing, even now to this day, I have no, like nothing. <laughs> you have no dirty little secret. No, right? I have nothing. <laughs> the worst. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. And uh, I liked that Samantha, she says, men aren't that complicated. They are kind of like plants. This is again, after watching and just like that, 
seeing Samantha and the way the whole group comes together, you realize how much was missing. And then just like that, even when it was really great, yeah. it was just missing this dynamic of the four of them. Yeah, I think so. And so she is dating this uh, yoga, well, not dating. She's trying to date this yoga teacher who is, uh, who is celibate. And he says that he's had three years of foreplay. The only thing hotter than sex is not having sex, uh, which I do think that there is some truth to at least that in, in like movies and film and things like that, that, that a lot of times the foreplay, the anticipation is more sexy than the actual sex scene. Yeah, I really think he does have a point about this. And without oversharing, I will say that it was a, I was um, on the much older side before I experienced sexual things. But that didn't mean that I wasn't just like, you know, chomping at the bit. Like the feelings <laughs> were still there. And I think that that there's also something that's kind of cool about having an energy that you learn how to restrain or to focus into something else. Yeah. It's kind of fun because the energy does go somewhere. And I think that's sort of his point. Like mine probably just went into like having energy for other things. And I was always super perky and everything like that. But I think that he's managed to channel it into his yoga practice and his life in a very Zen way. So I think he's doing something right. I don't yeah. From USA Today's best-selling author, Jenny Hale, comes a story about second chances, family bonds, and finding out who we really are. Butterfly Sisters is the perfect escape for fans of Susan Wiggs, Rayanne Thane, and Susan Mallory. A heartwarming story that will have you laughing, crying, and rushing to those you hold dear. If you loved the Christmas movies based on Jenny's books and are looking for more feel-good, small-town romance, Look no further. Available wherever you purchase books or download audiobooks. Find out more at itsjennyhale.com. That's itsjennyhale.com. So I'm I'm embargoed, so I can't say much, but I have to say the new season of Bridgerton does a great job with this. The the anticipation uh, is just so palpable. It's so good. (laughs) It's really well done. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited that you, because I can see on your face without you saying anything. I just believe, I trust and believe your face right now. Yeah. They definitely <laughs> went this season for more of a, uh, near kiss kind of, they definitely, I think because the main subject weren't married for so long, like in the first season, they're married for most of the season. And, and then the second one, that's not the case. So there's a lot more like rules and restrictions keeping them from having sex. And, and so they do a great job with that. It's very good. <laughs> Just trust me on I that one. Restraint. <laughs> yeah, it's real. <laughs> but what it's really interesting because I, sometimes I think we forget that, you know, in a city as big as New York, that it does kind of come down to these boroughs and these areas that you live in. And so you would actually end up kind of seeing a lot of the same people over and over again, especially when you're in a, in a place that Carrie and these women are in, uh, it is likely that Carrie would have dated Charlotte's new boyfriend. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like you, I mean, and also I feel like even though it's such a big city, you end up running into some people that you want to see and some people that you absolutely do not want to see. So I, I thought that this storyline was really funny that this guy has changed so much that Carrie's experience with him is radically different than what Charlotte's experience ends up being. Yeah. He goes from being the sex maniac to <laughs> not that interested. <laughs> I'm, he, and supposedly taking the Prozac is what caused him to not have any interest in sex. Uh, and I've never heard that. I don't know a ton about Prozac, I guess. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Charlotte, <laughs> at first she's thinking, I don't really need that. I, you know, I'm fine. I can wait, but then it gets harder and harder and harder. I think I really felt for this guy because it was very clear that what he had before was not just a healthy relationship with sex. It sounds like it really was. I mean, they call him a sex maniac, but it sounds like he really might've had um, a sex addiction. And he says how much better he feels now that it doesn't control his life. It would just be great if it could be a healthy part of his life and his relationships, if that's what he would want. But he just seems not like he's totally disinterested in it. But he does not want to go back to the way he was before, which doesn't sound like it was good for him either. Yeah. According to an article I see here that they they say that uh, studies in healthy volunteers show that indicate that between 50% and 80% of people on, uh, on the Prozac report sexual dysfunction. Really? Yeah. Woo. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 50 and, and 80? 50 and 80% is what it says. Yeah. That it, and I guess that a few antidepressants may be less likely to flatten sex drive, but evidently they all aren't the best when it comes to that. And uh, yeah, this is really many, many antidepressants lower libido and interfere with pleasure. There is even a medical name for this condition <laughs> that they have, which is, is interesting. I mean, I guess it's surprising that you still wouldn't just, I don't know, participate to like satisfy your partner, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it would be a complicated thing. And, you know, if you're, if you had been feeling really sad and needed to be on the medicine, uh, then, you know, that's obviously most important, but uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't It's an interesting situation. Yeah. I didn't know that the numbers were that high for that. Yeah. That's really surprises me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Charlotte was, she could have caught him when he was with Carrie. Right. <laughs> um, so what did you think of this whole scene with Carrie trying to kiss Big when he's trying to watch his fight? I mean, it's one thing for uh, her to, you know, try to uh, try to pursue him, you know, somewhat aggressively. That's fine. But like, he did pay a lot of money for this pay-per-view fight. I mean, I, I would think you could just wait a little bit and let him enjoy his, his, his fight. 
Yeah, we all know these like pay-per-view fights. I mean, they're nothing to scoff at. It's like 50 bucks. And I yeah, know Vegas is great, but still, it's always an epic thing when one of these airs. I'm not even invested in that world and I know what a big deal it is. So I think that this is where we see one of the many times we see where Carrie sort of makes her own problems. Like in a relationship, there's going to be peaks and valleys with your sex life and it's going to ebb and flow and change and she's attributing all of this to like the fart heard around the world when really it's just that they're getting to know each other better and maybe big doesn't feel the pressure as much to sexually perform every time they're together because they're becoming more comfortable with each other and that's almost how I would look at it that's almost like a relief that they can cuddle and be together without always having to be sexual. But Carrie, she worries a lot. Yeah, she worries a lot. And probably doing her column makes her overanalyze things a little bit. I would think that would be the case. That's a good mm-hmm. point. That yeah. she she's supposed to analyze for her job. So mm-hmm. yeah. But her apartment benefits from when she's analyzing it. <laughs> Fainting painting her apartment I guess that she gets out her uh, her anger frustration mm-hmm. channeling it all into there mm-hmm. did you think Mr. and Mrs. Get It On was funny the neighbors across oh, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did that was good that was this good. is what I love about sex in the city that all these like they're able to have many like series regulars that were very invested in their journeys. And then the guest stars or co-stars in every episode, they're always great too. And there's always mm-hmm. funny little things in there. Yeah, I agree. What did you think about Miranda and this kind of heckler, this construction guy? Oh, wait, can you remind me of what happened with this? Yeah. So he, uh, she's going to rent uh, a movie at the blockbuster and and uh, she's like, I rented the five hour doc on the Nuremberg trial. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but hey, she gets Miranda. heckled by this construction worker and he, he's like, Hey baby, you know, whatever kind of thing. And finally, after this has happened multiple times, she turns to him and she's like, okay, let's get it on. Let's do it right now. Where do you want to go? And uh, he's like, Oh, I'm married. Sorry. And uh, yeah. Yes. So one time I, so I think I had read something that was talking about this scene or whatever happened. This was years ago. This is probably like four or five years ago. And I was walking in the subway and some guy said something to me like, oh, hey, you're, I think it was like, hey, you're sexy or something. And instead of just like ignoring him or um, being like saying something rude, usually I just ignored people. I turned around and I smiled and I said, thank you. And he totally freaked out (laughs) like that's when you realize that a lot of the time the cat calls and that energy is not about well of course it's not about paying you a compliment it's about like power and control and yeah he might not even mean it because as soon as I turned around he did not want to have any further interaction with me and I didn't go as far as Miranda did I just was like oh you know what okay like and I was super nice about it because I thought maybe he really is just paying me a compliment. No, he wasn't. He was just trying to do whatever. And I thought that that's really funny that Miranda's like, I'm gonna level it up. Yeah, 
it was it was a really funny moment I was I have never had anything like that happen to me thank goodness I guess uh but uh but yeah it's definitely a weird tradition that hopefully we see less of these days than we did then I definitely think so and I remember when I was in college and we were going abroad with our theater group and they're like hey just so you know you guys are probably going to get cat called and they were warning us and then it didn't happen once and I was like okay <laughs> so I remember that when I went on a tour to Italy this was when I was 17 and they did the same they gave the same uh same morning and uh, there was this whole group of because this was a school school uh group uh one of the uh, the spanish teachers had kind of organized it and uh and so there was a whole bunch of these secretaries from the office that were on the trip with us there were probably seven of them friends uh hilarious older ladies and Anyway, they, one of them got pinched and they really? were, yeah. And they were so, they were talking about it. It was kind of a badge of honor, which is, oh, they were right, but it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that you say that because I had forgotten that they actually did say that we would get pinched. Yeah. And like, it, 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 like, it wasn't just the cat call. They said that and we didn't get anything. <laughs> yeah so the one thing i didn't really understand is why big would go all this time without talking to her without it was like three days four days something like that i didn't really understand why he would do that like he he seemed cool with it he seemed funny um he, he was a little bit annoyed about carrie and the you know this the movies they i mean the fight scene he was a little annoyed by that but he didn't like i don't know i just thought it was weird that he didn't call her same what i attributed it to is just that big is a little bit mercurial like that and not always in touch that much and that mm. because carrie wasn't following up i don't know i sort of like didn't read too deeply into that but of course carrie did because she's on the receiving end of it mm. Yeah. And they say, I like it the way uh, I like the way it is like our relationship, the way it is. So yeah, this was a pretty funny episode. I think (laughs) it's awkward, but funny. Uh, What would you give it one to 10? It's very memorable. Yeah. Memorable. That's a good word. Like, you know, yeah. Um, I I'd give it a 7.8. Okay. Yeah. What would you give it? Yeah. I, I think like a 7.5. So, all right. So next, the fine, the finale of season one is called, Oh, come all ye faithful. And this, the main story is that big takes his mother to church every Sunday and uh, Carrie sees him. Carrie wants to go with him to church wants to meet his mother but he is hesitant to do so that's the main big plot uh but uh what uh what did you think overall of this episode so one of the most if we're talking about continuing with the theme of cringe here one of the most cringe lines is in this episode when carrie says to big i want to go to church with you and your mommy yeah <laughs> 
Um, Rachel, I'm not going to lie. This episode makes me really sad. I think the, the way that he minimizes what he has with Carrie, you see how really non-committal he is. I think he shows his true colors. Now, while I think that Carrie is absolutely being a bit over the top with this, like it's fine to, especially something as sacred as church, it's fine if he has that as a ritual or a tradition that he does just with his mom and he doesn't feel comfortable with Carrie being there. I didn't have an issue with that. I had an issue with the fact that he didn't properly introduce her. And then afterwards he sort of says to her, like, I'm not sure about you. And it made me- Yeah, I mean, I think the worst moment is when he says, my mother doesn't need to meet another girlfriend. Because at this point, how long had they been dating? Like a year. Like a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the, he's been married a bunch of times. He's had a bunch of girlfriends. I mean, I'm sure his mother is used to it by now, but that's just a kind of comment you keep to yourself. That's super rude. Well, yes. Why didn't he just keep, why didn't he keep it to himself? Like he's not that much of an idiot, but it's like, he kind of wants to push her away. And when Carrie looks at his mom and she's like, it's Carrie, Carrie. And the mom is just like, yeah, completely no recognition, not even a glint in her eye of who this woman could be. Yeah. I did. There were some funny lines though. I liked when she said, what is it about God and fashion that goes so well together? (laughs) It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I think that it's understandable to want to look your best for, you know, for church and for, for God. Um, I mean, he obviously doesn't really care what we're wearing, but I think there's something about like making that extra effort that, kind of gets it me at least it kind of gets me in the right framework it gets me ready is why I I think obviously anybody can wear whatever they want to wear but I do think that kind of helps set it apart as like something special I dress differently than the rest of the week kind of thing yeah I think I think you're right I think with any event it shows like a sort of reverence or respect that you have for it but like you said like I know there are times when I was um like my family, when we were little and we'd be running to like from a sporting event to church. And sometimes it's like, okay, either we'll miss church if we can't change or we'll just have to go in what we're in. It's like, okay, in that instance, sure. Like you said, like God's love, he'll love you no matter what you're wearing. But also, yeah, I think it's great to sort of set the tone and Carrie just wants any excuse to wear a cute outfit. Yeah, well, and then they definitely have sort of this there, there can be sort of a, a bit of a competition, like any group setting, whenever you're with a group, there's always going to be kind of infighting and competition and, you know, sort of, oh, what's so-and-so wearing? What's, what's so-and-so doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's going to happen. And uh, I, I, I liked the line where said, they said, a man who cares by his mother makes great, makes, makes great husbands. I think that might've been Charlotte. I can't remember, but yeah, uh, I thought that was very true that the way that he treats his mother will, will be very emblematic of how he'll treat you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it, it made me feel good. The big 
is close to his mom and does this special thing with her every week. But yeah, then it's just not translating to the respect that he's really wanting to compartmentalize Carrie from the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. So we find out that Samantha is in love. Oh, I love this plot line that goes into next season. Yes. So she's in love with this jazz lover lawyer guy. I forgot. What is his name? I can't remember. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, she's in love with him. But uh, which I, I like the fact that in these in I like the fact that in Sex in the City, you do have nuance to samantha's character yeah i really feel like with the movies onward they kind of lost that and she became kind of one note of that she's just like a sex maniac to mm-hmm. use uh carrie's <laughs> carrie's a yes. phrase uh and i think that that's a little bit of a shame because you know when you sort of flanderize the character you don't get as much from him from her and I don't know it just kind of ruins a lot of the character work that they have had, had took so much care for for so long yeah exactly and we know that kim cattrall has the range as an actor to be able to do it so give her that opportunity mm-hmm. uh, the line where uh, so yes i'm gonna say a bad word now just letting everyone know when she says the line his dick is like a gherkin i yeah. I lost it. I mean, just, just a teeny tiny little pickle. It just was so descriptive. So, yeah. This man is small and that's a problem for <laughs> Samantha. I did appreciate that we actually got an actual measurement that we didn't just think Sam was being like a size queen or whatever. It's like, yes, he's smaller. <laughs> yeah. Smaller. And I mean, it's, it's that's a problem but you got to give her some credit that she keeps up with it like we said into the next season she is really smitten with this guy she really is and i i think it's really charming to see her not just dismiss him immediately she's and it's not also it's not like she's being extremely picky about this and it's just not up to the crazy level that she's used to it really like uh you know there's the line where she says put it in me and he's like it's already in and she didn't know so really it's it's really lacking for her I think we're two people that are just not compatible yes (laughs) unfortunately which Mm -hmm. is too bad Um, but and uh, I did like the the idea that Samantha could get married before Charlotte shook her to the core. So she goes to this tarot card reader and I, I get that feeling because I definitely have had people that I'm like, I cannot b- believe that you got married before me. Like, yes. I, and <laughs> I, I mean, that's super judgy and horrible of me, I guess, but there are people no, that you're just like, you're a challenging person. You are hard to get along with sometimes. And I know that, and I still love those people, but you're like, how did you find someone before me? I'm like way easier to get along with than you. And you're like, you're like, I love those people, but like, I wouldn't want to marry them. Like having <laughs> right. them around all the time. Yeah. No, I <laughs> like what? 
but uh <laughs> We were talking about another episode, how funny it is when your friends start like lapping you when we're like, oh, we've had friends who've been married multiple times now. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's also kind of crazy now that I'm old enough that I have friends who now have children that are adults that are going to college. My best friend from high school, her daughter is like a sophomore at college. <laughs> Just like I remember being at your wedding. How's this possible? Yeah. <laughs> my sister, my niece is is graduating from high school in April. I can't even, I can't believe it. It's just shocking. It really, it really is funny because I don't feel any different than I did when I was I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're you think you'll come to this age where you're like this fully formed with your idea of being human or an adult is. And I don't know, I'm just not there yet. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's true. I remember I used to ask, you know, people would people would say, Oh, so and so turned out well. I'm like, when is that turned out? When is <laughs> I love that? that. <laughs> when is the turning out happen? Am I turned <laughs> out? I don't know. And when is it declared that so-and-so has turned out well or not well? <laughs> when is it declared? We need to it's like there's a committee where people are voting if they <laughs> turned out well or not, and we just go down the list. But you know, there is a moment that people are like, and people say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. her son did not turn out well. <laughs> Anyway, but one thing I I like about the show, and I think it separates it from other shows, is they allow the characters to be flawed and to mm-hmm. be petty and to be unlikable at times. Because that is like I said about Hallmark shows, is that they are so scared of having the characters appear unlikable and people to be like, oh, they're setting a bad example or whatever. But like in a show, you need have character growth you need them to grow and change and make stupid choices and and then apologize and make it right and and otherwise it's just so bland well i i totally agree with you and actually i get weirdly defensive and bummed out when people say because the character is flawed or imperfect like we all are oh that person's unlikable like number one, it's okay for a character to be unlikable, but number two, are people unlikable just because they're flawed or imperfect? I certainly hope not because we all are. So yeah, yeah I definitely can resonate with you that, that that really gets under my skin when people say that. Yeah. I mean, and certainly you can walk out of a film or a show being like, oh, that character, I did not like her at all, but yes. that doesn't mean that we want just like paragons of virtue who never make a mistake and are just boring they're boring characters yeah we don't we don't need that like there's there's plenty of things that you can watch and see that but i i do like that in this show we see even even when they are being their best there's still all this weird stuff that's going on and i appreciate that so I like that Charlotte is a little catty in this scene, in this episode, you know, that she's a little jealous that she's like, that makes her a more interesting character. She's not just and, like this perfect socialite. Yeah. And we get to see how much she 
really wants that for herself. I mean, we know that, but even more, it's like, well, of course, because she has this deep desire and she sees someone who has never had that desire, at least express it, getting closer to it than she is. So of course you're going to get insecure or angry. Yeah. So Miranda is dating this playwright (laughs) that is a Catholic man uh, that is really struggling with being intimate and I think the thing that maybe is a little bit surprising is that a playwright wouldn't want to like talk it out. And I mean, his big solution is to have a shower every time. And uh, I just, I thought it was a really funny line when they say that his hit off Broadway play shower of shame. (laughs) I laughed so hard at that. And to your point about him not wanting to talk it out, I feel like there's a part of him that was like, I'm saving this for the old brain box for material. (laughs) And that that's why completely dysfunctional man in a theater. I've known a few of those. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, definitely that's what it was. And the fact that he made her feel, he was so aggressive about her trying to make him feel comfortable. Like I could see if Miranda was coming at it from a judgmental place, which we know Miranda can be sometimes, but I actually thought what she was saying was really trying to be loving and supportive. And yeah, his response was mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand why you wouldn't just date Catholic girls. If, if that's a problem for you, then just date people of your same faith. Yeah. And I mean, I was raised Catholic and I know all Catholics believe different things when it comes to that, but, but technically you're not supposed to be having premarital sex. So that's also on him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just yeah. that, live your life that way. If that's what feels good to you mm-hmm. and uh, you are still active, it seemed like he was still active in the faith um, and he's got all this guilt and everything, then just wait until you find someone you want to get married and, and live your life. Like I don't yeah. understand why he's not like, this is required. You don't have to do this. He doesn't have to date Miranda. And so just... I don't know, just date, uh, go, go on Christian mingle and find your girl yeah. and go for it. No one will judge you. Like yeah. we're cool with you not having premarital sex and we are cool with you dating a Catholic girl, but don't make Miranda feel bad about right. it. Exactly. Exactly. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies March store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable Hardy or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies. <laughs> so I did think that this uh, club that they had, this church club was kind of funny. Yeah. And, and uh, Stanford, he said, it's like hell with a cover charge. <laughs> That was good. I love love him so much. And 
So yeah. And then Carrie ends up dropping, going to the church. She ends up dropping the prayer book and makes a big noise. And so then a big sees sees her. And yeah, that's when we get our confrontation. Uh, but this whole time, big is planning this trip to, uh, St. Barks, I think. Yeah. And, uh, she, she says she can't afford it. It's never really clear how much money Carrie actually makes. No, Rachel, it's not. And I think we're all, we're all like simultaneously, like worried about her because her credit cards are getting cut up but then she also successful column and buys expensive shoes and lives in a really nice apartment in a good neighborhood i i don't know i agree it's it's confusing and but she says well i can't afford the trip but he says i'll buy i'll buy your your ticket and I don't know. I have to admit, I would probably be pretty tempted to just wait and go on the trip and then break up. <laughs> but <laughs> no, same. Like actually to go on the trip and actually one have fun, but two actually maybe like discuss this and see if you can get closer or if it's, you'll know a lot after that trip. I mean, I tell you, if a guy wanted to impress me, taking me <laughs> to, to the beach any beach that is i love the beach so much and i love that would that would be a huge <laughs> rachel you understand that these things that you reveal are like slowly getting documented yes. in my mind for <laughs> your dream man yeah. you you said you'd have a meal with anyone and you like the beach so yeah. i'm thinking picnic on the beach i mean that would be my best life. Okay. So I absolutely go for it. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think my ideal date would probably be either going, going to the beach or a lake. Cause we don't have beaches in, we don't have the ocean in Utah, but, uh, yeah. Cause I love that. And, uh, or going to a concert, I think would be oh, my other, cause I love music and, uh, like somebody, if somebody got me tickets to like Mike Bublé, are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. It would be, okay that, and that's romantic too. And we can yeah. kind of chat in between and it's not yeah. too loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> You're like, Michael Bublé. Yes. All right. So Carrie says to him, I need a sign. I'm losing my faith. Just tell me I'm the one. So yeah, that was an interesting way to put it. I need a sign. That's a, okay. I do think Carrie is asking for a lot here to have Big tell her that she is the one, but I think she does deserve more commitment and straightforwardness than he's been giving her. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I would probably say if I was big, I would say, well, me taking you on this trip is that not a sign but i think she she wants him to say that he'll be exclusive and that there's some potential or that he sees himself with her i don't know something obviously whereas i probably when you're in this environment these kinds of gestures start to lose their Mm -hmm. effectiveness too like if it was somebody like me who 
who's not in that environment at all. And someone was like, here, I'm taking you to, to St. Mar- Mark's. Uh, yeah, that would be pretty exciting. <laughs> We're like, we'll go with anybody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for Carrie, who's more used to these kinds of gestures and things like that, it's probably not as compelling. Well, and also to that point, I think for Big, knowing that for him, he's got a lot of money and he wants company on this trip. It's not like someone who was say she was dating a guy who didn't have a lot of money, but he saved and saved, take carry on a vacation. Yeah. This is not difficult for big to do. What's difficult for him and shows a real commitment is really inviting her into his life. And I think that this same gesture could be a much bigger deal if it was someone who, didn't have the funds that he has or, or things like that. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's true. Well, what would you give? So then they break up. And uh, so what would you give this uh, episode uh, one to 10? I thought this episode was a really beautiful and heartbreaking finale to season one I'm actually going to give this one an eight I really I really liked it even though it was painful I thought it was really good yeah I agree I think that's a good episode I mean I think I think that's a good rating and I have to say there were certain episodes that I I guess I thought were in season one that weren't like I thought the whole burger thing was in season one but I guess it's still coming same um, there were a couple of things. I also thought the valley of the, the, I mean, this is, I think, season two, three, I don't even know that, but when they all go to the Hamptons and they're all with the young 20 something guys, yeah. I was sure that was in season one. So it's funny to watch this back and to do this with you. And even though I watched it, I think several times and I know where stuff is, it's like watching it all the way through like this. I don't think I've ever done that before. I've just watched whatever was on. Same. Yeah, me too. So All right. Well, uh, let us know what you think of these episodes. If you're listening, we would love to hear your thoughts. And Jax, where can people find you? At Jacqueline C. Tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. And make sure you're following us at City Girls Pod on Twitter. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also make sure you're following the Hallmarkies Podcast, a Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. If you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. It helps us so much to be able to find the podcast. So please, please, please. And if you are watching YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. So please take a look at that. And thanks so much. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.